Welcome to season two of the Raising Godly Women podcast, where we're here to empower a generation of women in their relationship with Christ so that they can empower the generation behind them. In season one, we explore the parable of the sower and the seed, which is all about the soil of our hearts. We personified each of the soils and shared our experiences as we journeyed with these women. So if you are new to the podcast, we want to thank you and check out season one because it lays the foundation for the path ahead. We are to take time and dress for the journey God has before us. So please join our host, Sebra Farrell, for season two as she and her guests take a fresh look and put on the armor of God. Welcome, everyone, to season two of the Raising Godly Women podcast. I'm your host, Sebra Farrell, and today I am here with my sister and friend, Charnay. Welcome, Charnay. Hello. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Today, we will be talking about the very first piece of the armor, which is the belt of truth. But before we do that, let's take a moment and open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for life. We thank you, Lord, that you see us and that you know us. Lord, we thank you that you have shared your truth with us because you are not a God who hides yourself from us. We ask that you would be in our midst, be in the middle of this conversation, be with every person who is listening to this audio right now. Wherever they may be, let them feel your presence. And we just thank you. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And for those who may be younger in the faith and are not familiar with the name Yeshua, it is a Hebrew name for for Jesus. Jesus. Yes. Yes. My first question for you today is, when did you first learn about the armor of God and what impact has it made on your life? I think I first learned about the armor of God at Vacation Bible School. We had to do a little craft project where you take the pieces and put them together and you make art. (laughs) So that is legitimately my first experience with the armor of God. Cool. That was a long time ago. And as I matured and continued in my walk with God, I've heard teachings on the armor for years. And it's kind of interesting now that I think about it, because I did not necessarily have a full understanding of the armor. At times, I think I was trying to put on pieces mechanically, because that's what I was told, right? Like, oh, you got to put on the armor of God every day. I don't have this actually in the closet. I can't actually go get this. And so I think I would just read it. And I thought that was putting it on. Just reading the scripture, which can be found in Ephesians chapter six, probably around verses 10 through 18, something like that. So I would just read it. Like I thought that's what it meant to put on the armor of God was just to wake up in the morning, read it before you went out and live life. So I think that to a certain point, it was a disconnect Hmm. because it was like reading it like, okay, I read it. So, you know, then I must have it on (laughs) because I read it for the longest time. That's my relationship with it. And that may be other people's experience, too. It kind of gave me that picture of David trying to put on Saul's armor. Mm -hmm. I can't say it necessarily fit because I was just kind of reading it and not really understanding what it actually meant to put the armor on. And how do you put this armor on? And what do these pieces actually mean? Mm -hmm. For a while, it didn't have an impact on my life because, 
you know, I was wearing somebody else's armor or doing it how someone else said to do it and just didn't make sense because it wasn't personal to me. Exactly. I totally relate to that because I think it was in the introduction to the armor episode where I shared how a dear friend had given me an armor prayer to pray that didn't work out too well because it's like I unleashed the gates of hell Mm. against my life trying to pray something that I did not understand. And it's interesting that that word understanding is coming up because we will come back to that later. And even when you mentioned the word pieces, the armor didn't start making sense to me until I did this exercise in small group called the journey from Logos to Rhema. And I introduced that in the last episode, but I didn't expound upon it. But I did send you an audio recording of what it was about. What was your takeaway from that? One thing that stood out to me was talking about the internal and the external. And you were discussing this belt has to be put on and the position is around your waist, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of what I was envisioning. And it just kind of made me think about the core Mm -hmm. in relation to exercise. So we can lift weights, say we're lifting hand weights, say we're, we're doing leg exercises, but most people will tell you that you have to build your core. Yes. And it's from the place of having a strong core that you're able to build those other muscles because essentially the foundation has been made. That's what kind of jumped out at me that this belt is being placed, this belt of truth mm-hmm. is the core of all of this armor. Like yes. it's being wrapped around you. It's close to your body. It's the place from where everything happens. I have to build a core. The belt of truth is the core. What are my core beliefs about the word of God? What are my core beliefs about this passage that I read? How do I tightly fit this around my waist? I just got that picture of exercise and thinking like if I went into battle, I probably would not want to go into battle not being fit. It's a quick way to die. Yeah. We're talking about armor pieces and building your core. Building the core helps you to be fit mm-hmm. for any battle, be fit for the things that are coming. And the truth of God helps you to be fit. It does. It also helps prevent injury when you're exercising. And it also helps prevent injury in your everyday walk. And that takes me to the whole journey of Logos to Rhema. And I was trying to figure out how to explain it because what I sent to you was long. And so I was like, okay, Lord, how do I wrap this up in a nutshell? And I woke up this morning with... The journey from Logos to Rhema is about turning the abstract of what you know into the reality of what you do. So when we did the exercise, we had all these little cutout pieces of the armor and we had this little cutout Bible and we had this goalpost. The goalpost actually represents where Jesus talks about the narrow way. It establishes the boundaries that God's word set for us. And the very first thing you have to do is what you said. You have to decide, you have to choose what are you going to believe from scripture, about scripture. And whatever you choose to believe about scripture, that's what you are going to have the ability now to put into your belt of truth. That's where it all starts. What's in your belt of truth will inform 
every other piece of the armor until it comes out on the other side. And what you say, what you do, what you think, how you respond, how you love or don't love other people. For me, like you, it was this abstract concept. And I'm even looking forward, honestly, to coming even more alive. Because even as I was going back through the exercise to refamiliarize myself with what we had done, I was like, you have disconnected from this. It was information, not application. So I'm looking forward to God taking this information and turning it into a deeper level of understanding and application as we go forward. You talked about daily living and warfare. And that is actually the role of God's word in our lives. Daily living. What are you intaking on a daily basis? How are you making your choices on a daily basis? And when you take the word in and learn how to apply it, the first thing it has to do is change you. It has to renew your mind, has to renew your thoughts, and it has to become so much a part of you that you're not even thinking about how you're responding because it's just natural now. Kind of like with anger for me, I used to blow up all over the place. That is so hard for me to do now. It's not natural anymore. And even when I do get really angry, it doesn't feel right. That's that internal piece of what the word does. And that external piece is I ain't cussing people out like I was. Right, right, right. (laughs) I ain't throwing things like I was. And the thing is, we're using these words, logos, and rhema. People may not be familiar with what that even means. Can you just briefly explain what those two terms mean? Logos is the Bible. It's the written word of God. Information that you take from scripture. Rhema is life is lifing. I really want to cuss somebody out right now, but something from God's word for me, let go of them outbursts of wrath because Ephesians talks about outbursts of wrath is one of those you shouldn't do. That eventually just became alive to me because I saw how it was hurting people, especially my husband. So now that it's alive, that's what Rhema is. It's that word that has become alive through the process of you spending time with that scripture, allowing that scripture to renew your mind, to allow the new person that you have become when you encountered Jesus. Scripture tells us the old passes away and all things become new, but just like you garden, right? Right. When you plant that seed, that seed ain't popping up the next day. It's a process. It's the same with the word. Like we talked about with the parable of the sower and the seed, it's a process. And that process took me to the point where the rhema is that understanding, that light bulb moment, that aha moment that, okay, that's not how you're supposed to act. Now the new thing feels like the normal and the old thing feels uncomfortable. Thank you for that explanation because I think when we're talking about those two words and you're talking about internal and then the external, Mm -hmm. that we read the truth of God's word, Mm -hmm. we take it in. Yes. And there's an internalization that has to happen. There's a process that has to happen when we take in the word of God and we take in his truth. Yes. It grows and it develops in our understanding. And sometimes we have to sit on that thing for a minute we have to read it again and again. Sometimes we will encounter it in 
different ways. I don't know if other people have had this experience where maybe you read a scripture within that week or something. You're like, wait a minute, I'm hearing that again. Mm -hmm. And I'm hearing that again. And it's all about that processing that's happening. But these are internal things. The cup is being filled. The word is being poured into this cup. And it's a slow pour. It's not this fast pour. It's a slow pour. And while the cup is being filled up, that's the processing that is happening to us in our daily lives with this word. We're processing it. And then it comes to a point where the cup is about to be full. Mm -hmm. And then there's a point where the cup now overflows. And I would liken the rhema to that external part of overflow. Yes. And that is the part that overflows our different reactions or us being able to share that word with someone else. So the overflow can look so different. The rhema part of it can look so different for it is that point of taking the logos and sitting with it and allowing it to do what it needs to do in my life. Yes. And then through the process of time, which can be any time, because sometimes this can happen very fast. Sometimes this takes a longer span of time and we've got to be okay with that, that in its due season, that the overflow comes and then you see the rhema. Then maybe the application into my actual life, like you said, with anger, I'm not going to burst out or cuss someone out, but I'm going to handle this in a different way. It is a process of time because I had somebody ask me one time, well, how long did it take you to overcome your temper? And I literally had to sit down and think about it. But I can tell you it was decades from when I started Mm -hmm. to when it changed because it started fourth grade. I just carried it throughout my life. I didn't even know it was wrong until I was in my 30s. My husband asked me, why am I so angry? And I said, because I choose to be. Mm. And I heard it when I said it. Choice. Your choice. Exactly. I heard it when I said it. I didn't even realize at that moment that I had a choice to do anything different. And that's the importance of the scriptures because the scriptures give you a different choice from what you've lived with all your life when it comes to the traumas that you've experienced in life. The same way what the word does in your life can overflow, trauma can overflow in your life as well. The anger for me was a result of my trauma. And as the word started to renew my mind and change my heart, And teach me, that's not okay. That doesn't represent who I say is my Lord and Savior. I'm walking around here, going to church, falling out, praying and singing in the choir, and then coming home, cussing my family out. Where is Jesus in all of that? Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, I just had to realize and recognize, you've got to embrace this word. You've got to accept it as true, and you've got to let it change what's going on in you. But the other thing I also had to realize that every time I was blowing up, every time my emotions were spiraling out of control, there was some lie or some half-truth of the devil that was feeding that and touching on that trauma, triggering that response in me. So when it comes to what it does for us internally, it helps us to separate the lies from the truth so that what we do externally represents the truth. We have to make choices, have to decipher between what is a lie and what is the truth. And when we're talking about the belt of truth, that God's word is the truth. Yes. We have to decide, are we going to wear that daily and put that on daily? Or are we going to put it on and take it off because of circumstance, because Mm -hmm. of persecution that people may be like, hey, you guys are believing in this 
old 6,000 year old book that's antiquated. That doesn't even make any sense anymore. Here's some new things that are coming out. Here's some new things, new truths that we're we're finding or that we we see. Then are you going to take the belt of truth off? Exactly. Because it, it is ultimately our choice to put it on, our choice to decide if we are going to believe God's truth or if we are going to create our own, create our own. Right. It's so funny that you said that there's a scripture where it says that he gave us over to being each other's counsel. Psalms 81, 10 through 12. It says, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. We have to decide, are we going to put this belt of truth that is God's truth and put this on as an armor piece? Because in this scripture, he says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I will provide. You know what that makes me think about? What? When I opened my mouth wide to answer my husband's question, God filled it. I'm tearing up right now because I never grasped the depth of what happened in that moment. I had been going to church for a long time. I had been quote unquote saved for over a decade. I was approaching my teen years, if not in my teen years of salvation. So I've been exposed to scripture. I may not have purposefully put it in my belt, but God put it in my belt. And at the right moment, through enough teaching, I wasn't even actively doing this thing. Kind of like the seed comes out of the soil on its own. Just by listening to people teach that scripture That information became rhema out of my mouth because God put it there. I did not even know I had another choice. I had excused this thing all my life. That's just how I am. I got it from my mother. I can't help it until God put it in my mouth. You had to hear yourself say it. And as it came out of your mouth, it went back inside. Yes. That truth went back inside. You internalized it then, which gives you that opportunity to realize that you were making a choice. Yes. I didn't realize I was making a choice. I'm in my 30s. At this point, I think on the wrong side of 35 Mm. and didn't know I was making a choice. I was just responding or reacting actually without even thinking. That's why it's so important to internalize, to accept as truth what God's word tells us. Scripture even teaches us When it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and this is the New Living Translation, it says all scripture is inspired by God and it is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I honestly don't believe I would be a part of a small group that's been around for 18 years, a part of this podcast or any of the other things God does in my life. If I was still going around cussing everybody out, that one moment changed the course of my marriage. It changed the course of my relationships with people and it changed the course of my life. Wow. Because for the first time in my life, I knew I had a choice. The thing I want everybody to take away from this today is the truth of God's word shows you you have a choice because he often 
points it out to you. This or that. This and that. If you, then I will. We are not helpless and we are not without a choice. Thank you, God. Thank you for being my father and putting words in my mouth that I needed to hear to change my life. And that's what happens when we engage with the word. When we read the word and we read the truth of God's word, God is talking to us in that thing. He's having a personal conversation Yes, with us. When I think about it, it's so weighty. The creator of the universe is talking to me. When I'm reading a scripture like Psalms 81, verse 10, when he says that he opens our mouth and fills it, that tells us about the character of him. He's telling us, I'm a provider. Mm -hmm. I will give you what you need. Mm -hmm. So it is in that moment, just like it was in that moment for you, for you to be able to accept that truth. Or you could accept a lie because he goes on and he says, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsel. That's some of the consequences of what happens when we believe the lie. You could have dug your feet into the sand and you could have said, I'm not submitting to God in this. And then you could have went about being stubborn and giving the excuses that you had given for so many years. When we're in those places, we do look for counsel that supports the thing. So we will listen to the message that tells Tells us, hey, don't be letting anyone just talk to you any kind of way. You're a Christian. That don't mean you're weak. We will gravitate to those things. We have to understand when we read the word of God, we have a God who loves us, who cares about us intimately. Yes. When he is telling us the pieces of this armor and he says, put on this belt of truth. I need the core of you to understand that my truth is the truth. Yes. And you need this in order to put on every single other piece, but it is your choice to do it. It doesn't say God puts the armor on us. We're using military terms. We liken it to the general. The general doesn't come to every single soldier and says, hey, here are your pieces and let me put your boots on and your Mm -hmm. pants on. He doesn't do that. He's given you instruction already. Here it is. He makes it available. You put it on. Girl, you're reminding me of basic training. They give you the clothes but then you have to put them on. From a military perspective, that's the transition between civilian and whatever branch you go into. God gives us the clothes. We have to put them on. And that's the transition from being unsaved, not knowing God, to saved and knowing God through his son, Jesus. Wow. I did not see any of this coming. And I am so grateful for the work of the Holy Spirit in this moment, in this episode. We talked about understanding earlier, and that takes us to that connection between the soils and the armor. Right. Because they are connected. Wayside Wendy. If Wendy doesn't understand scripture, the enemy's going to come and steal it right out of her heart. So I shudder to think how many times I sat and heard something. And even now, I'm in this current battle with my health and just learning to eat healthy. What am I lacking in understanding? that the enemy keeps stealing what I hear out of my heart. I can't get my belt of truth secure because there's some missing piece of understanding that I need to be able to consistently walk this walk. I've learned you just got to go through the journey, girl, because just like with the anger, 
there's going to be a breaking point where I'm going to see things differently. There will be transformation, but I've got to go through the journey. I'm dressing for the journey. Even in this podcast, God is putting on different pieces at different times until eventually I'll have everything on when it comes to my health. But I'd like to hear from you how you see the connection. I just imagine how the belt, it's holding up your pants, like it's holding up your pants. And can you imagine that you're ready for a paddle and you have everything else on and then you go to make a step and because you don't have the belt of truth on, you don't have the core Mm -hmm. taken care of, you go to make a step and now your pants just drop to your ankles. (laughs) You can't do anything because now you're trying to hobble, you're exposed and now you're trying to go forward without the belt of truth and you're going to trip. And so I think for me, it is important and it is so tied to understanding what it means to put that on. Mm-hmm. Not just reading a, a, the scripture, how I used to approach it, that I was putting it on because I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Or saying it. Or saying it. Yeah. Or praying it. <laughs> so that it is more of this, what we're doing, discussing what these pieces are, discussing that the first piece is me studying the word of God and giving space for God to do whatever he needs to do with that word in me so that I can put that word around as a truth. I can tighten the belt. It will hold up my pants. It will strengthen my core as I build learning, growing, questioning, and gaining understanding that I have the belt of truth and I do understand. Then I can go forth and Mm -hmm. face the day because it may not just be a trial right? It may not be a war. Uh It may not be a particular battle, Uh but it's about me having on this belt of truth daily because I don't know what's coming. I don't know what is before me on my day. So that's how I think that it ties. It is a valuable piece because I don't want to be left with my pants down, (laughs) literally, as I walk out the door and as I engage with my husband, as I engage with my family, as I engage with friends and as I engage with coworkers and just life that I want to understand this particular piece and then build from there. Yeah. And I think the most impactful connection between the soils and the armor is that it is the armor of God. I shared this in the intro, how we hear the word and respond to the word is how we receive Jesus. Those two, you cannot separate them. If you don't know where his word is falling in your heart, you have no idea what armor piece you're missing. Right. For instance, if we know we're lacking understanding, we know our belt of truth is not secure. And each armor piece will correlate to a soil as we go forward. So hopefully this will not only help us, but help others learn how to recognize where they are in the soils, what armor piece they're missing, so that they're able to go through life with the fruit of the Spirit, with God, with His joy, with His peace, and all the other things that He does give us by His grace that we don't earn, we can't manifest on our own. It all starts with walking in His truth. Wow. As you were saying that, what came to my mind, belts have these notches in them. You use the notch that is comfortable for where you are. (laughs) 
So sometimes we may be putting on that belt in a lean place for our season and time. Maybe we're not able to take in the truth Mm -hmm. that we may have been able to do forth in another season. Lean times happen. Right. And so the belt is made with these notches to account for that. If there's another time when I'm full, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I may not be using the same notch that Mm -hmm. I use when I'm in a lean season, but now I'm in a full season. Mm -hmm. And so I will use another notch, Mm -hmm. but then also that I'm only using one notch at a time, that there are other notches that are there to be used. Just like we would always point out, every soil is a different season. Every notch is a different season. Now you can be in all of the soils at any given time, and you can use any one of those notches at any given time based on the season that you are in. Girl, give me a high five and let them hear it. (laughs) All right. And the reason why I think it's so important, it it may not be one size fits all. Yes. Understanding what the belt of truth is, you have to take those notches into consideration. Mm -hmm. Your understanding is going to be at different places and at different levels. That's why I love the word of God, because I can read it today and get something today. And then I could read it again three months from now and get something else. Those notches are there. Truth is developed. There's so much truth in God's word. The likelihood of us comprehending all of it in this lifetime is non-existent because he's a God that's so vast. We can't fully comprehend all of him. But what he has given us is that our story is a part of his story. His story is written in scripture. Our story is what we share with others. And when you combine those two, now it becomes one story to give him glory through how we choose to represent him in any situation that we're in. So if you had to share one last pearl for people listening, what would it be? What I would like to leave everyone with is that my belt may look different than your belt. I love the image that we're using for a social media post because it's really classy. She is dressed for the journey and she's dressing like she's about to step out. My belt would probably be a lot more decorated Mm -hmm. (laughs) because truth is so complex. The truth of God's word is so complex. I have to pray and ask God, what is this showing me about you first? Mm -hmm. That's where I like to go first. What is this teaching me about you? And then what is it teaching me about me or my circumstance? What I'd like to leave everyone with is that question. When you think about the word of God and your choice in how you receive it or reject it, what would your belt of truth look like? The scripture that helps me recognize the beauty of choice. And it's my favorite scripture, Psalm 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all his work is done in truth. So when I choose truth, I'm creating an atmosphere for God to work. That's good. That is one of my life verses. I have a few. And since I introduced the word life verses, I do encourage people to have verses that you can always come back to. There are several verses that I have picked up over my life that when I'm in a pinch, one of them will rise up. So I do encourage people to have life verses. I also, before we close out, want to encourage everyone, please study the parable of the sower and the seed for yourself and study the armor of God for yourself. 
The parable of the sower in the sea can be found in Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. And the armor of God can be found in Ephesians chapter 6, specifically in verses 10 through 18. And if you're not a note taker, I encourage you this season to take notes because if you want to accept truth and you want to receive truth, you have to remember truth. And the best way to remember truth is by taking notes. So that would be the three things I would encourage people to do, to have a life verse, to study the parable of the sower and the seed, as well as the armor of God, and to take notes this year. Let's close in prayer. Father, we come to you in the name of Yeshua. Thank you, Lord, that Yeshua is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our everything. All of who you are is inside of him. And all of who he is, is inside of your word. So thank you, Father. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for seeing us through this episode. Thank you for the many nuggets and the rhema, the the words of aha moments that you gave us, even as we recorded. Father, we just pray right now over the soil of every heart that is listening to this particular episode. And we ask, Father, that you would give them the understanding that they need so that they can put the truth of your word into their belt of truth and that the enemy of their soul will not be able to steal it. Lord, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise for who you are, for all you have done, all you are doing, and all you will do. In and through our lives and this podcast. And it is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for having me. You're I most welcome. It. Thank you for listening to the Raising Godly Women podcast and taking this journey with us to be Titus 2 women. We pray that the seeds of God's word shared today fell on good soil. That soil is in your heart. Now we hope that through today's pearls of wisdom, you have gained the tools to help you become stronger, to help you become more confident in your everyday life, most especially as it relates to your walk with Christ. We also hope that you will share your tools with those who are younger in age or even maybe younger in faith and help them become stronger and confident so that they can share with other women passing on the baton to the generation behind them. Just imagine the ripple effect our sharing can have, not only in our generation, but also in the generations to come to build and strengthen the body of Christ as we all come together to empower each other. So until we meet again, feel free to join the Raising Godly Women community. Let's talk about your connection with this episode on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at RaisingGodlyWomen.RGW. Be sure to tag us because we love to have you connect and be a part of the family. And on that note, may you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Shalom, daughters of God. Shalom. Shalom.